Welcome friends, you are listening to the Maitri podcast between friends conversations with Maitri. This is your host Nandini Ray and in this episode we will try to focus on a couple of things like what today's youth want in their intimate partner relationships. What do they expect from their partners and what kind of support do they need from their communities and families in making their relationships healthy. Four students from UCLA are joining me today, and I would like them to introduce themselves. Uh, would you please introduce yourselves? I can go first. My name is Chaitanya Basham, uh, originally from Dallas, Texas, and I'm currently studying physics at college. Happy to be here. Yeah, I can go next. My name is Shivani Kapoor. I'm from Riverside, California. It's a small city in Southern California, and I'm currently studying biochemistry and economics. Hi, I'm Nishant Jane. Um, I'm a third year. We're all third years here at UCLA. Um, I'm from the Bay Area, Pleasanton, California, um, and I'm studying data theory here at UCLA. Hello, I'm Pavana Atuale. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm also from the Bay Area, California, Cupertino. Um, and I study computer science here at UCLA. Wow, a, full, a room full of UCLA students. I'm, you know, I'm really hoping to learn a lot from you. First of all, thank you for uh, being here. Uh, as we all know that uh, February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And what can be more appropriate topic to discuss in this month than healthy dating relationship? I'm glad that you, know, you are here today and you, will be, uh, you are interested to talk about this issue because I, I know that our aim is to create a culture of healthy partner relationships. So, uh, and those of us uh, who have had partner relationships, uh, we know that if we have uh, or want to have a romantic relationship, uh, we probably want to have a healthy one, right? Uh, but what is a healthy relationship uh, exactly? So healthy relationship may look like, you know, may, may not look the same for everyone since uh, different people have different needs and, uh, and the expectation may not be the same at every stage of our lives. It can be different in when we are in 20s versus 40s and 50s, but there should be some common criteria to understand if a partner relationship is healthy or not. So I'm very much interested to know what today's youth think. Um, are they thinking differently from their parents' generation? So here is my warm-up question. Um, what do you think are the four most important qualities that dating partners should have in their relationship? I can kick it off. Um, again, I'm Nishant. Um, and a couple of things I think are super important. And these are qualities also like, I think we're also young. I'm only 20. Um, so still learning, um, especially in my relationship right now. Um, but I would say a couple big things. One would be trust. And I think everyone says like trust is important, but I really don't think it's something um, that you can undervalue. Uh, trust is super important in a relationship um, between you and your partner and making sure um, that, you know, you you trust one another in situations when you're together, when you're not together. Um, and things like that. And that kind of leads into the next one, which I think is like communication. Um, so when you are, again, like on the same page about things, not on the same page about things, it's important to just kind of have an understanding where your partner's at um, in their in terms of like headspace. Um, so communicating and trust. Um, another one is 
I would say an alignment of priorities and values. And what I mean by that is um, you kind of want to make sure with your partner, you're in a similar direction or you at least are able to support each other in each other's goals. Um, mm -hmm. So having an understanding of each other's, like I said, like their priorities, um, what each person values. And I feel like um, a relationship is bound to be successful when those align between two people. Um, and I would say for maybe for the fourth, then um, have to think a little bit harder for that. Um, but building on trust, building on communication, building on alignment of parties values um, is also just kind of knowing how to navigate your differences. I feel like it's easy to communicate and have trust when you're on the same page with everything, but it's harder and it should be hard um, when you aren't on the same page about things. How do you navigate that and making sure based on those last three things I said, um, you're able to kind of come to a consensus. Um, you're able to, you know, strike a good balance of talking to one another. Maybe if you do consult a friend or something, it's not like oversharing, but you know, that's okay. You need to consult another friend. So just making sure you have a very healthy understanding of where the other person's at, um, how they're dealing with it. And when you do have differences, um, talking it out and making sure that ultimately you can be on the same page. Um, wonderful points, wonderful points. And I would like to know what Shivani thinks. Yeah, I completely agree with everything Nishan said. I think it's super important to have trust and communication. It's the good foundation of any strong relationship. It doesn't even have to be romantic, but super important in that realm. I think four really important qualities in a dating partner is presence and like feeling heard. If you're like sitting with someone and you're talking to them, maybe even just about something super random, like sharing a fact with them, you see them like checking their phone. I think it's it indicates like they're not really present there with you. And all of a sudden you maybe feel like, okay, what I have to say isn't valuable enough for you to actually maybe just take out five minutes to really listen to me. Like I know people are busy, but when you do take out time to really just sit with people, I think being present is super important. Um, another one is respect. Like for all of us, right? We all are on, you know, constantly checking phones and, you know, yeah. be mindful about that. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. I think another super important one is respect. I think we should respect everything in general, but especially like when you're so close to someone, like someone that's supposed to be kind of one of like the most important people in your life, you're not always going to share the same opinions. This kind of goes with what Nishant was saying. You're not always going to have the same opinions, but like being able to understand where they're coming from and put respect their opinion. I, I like, I understand where you're coming from, um, maybe I don't agree, but I want to know your thought process, you know, like what you have to say values, there's value to it. And like, I want, like, I want you to know that I respect that. Yeah. Respectfully disagreeing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Another one I think is support and validation. You don't always, I think need to, um, kind of agree with what another person is doing, but when you're constantly, like, if someone's excited and is like, oh, like, I think I'm going to go try this new art hobby that I, that I got, you know? And it's like, hey, like, you know, like you have your project to do, like, why aren't you doing your project? You're not supporting another person's desire or like what they want to do. And then that also creates drift because all of a sudden that person's not going to necessarily want to share those things with you or is going to get excited to share those things with you. And subconsciously, like you might not even realize it at the moment, but you're creating this drift in your relationship. So I think like, being supportive and like obviously voicing your opinion is also super important, but also being like, hey, like, you know what? Like this, is, you're your own people, independent people. You can do what you wanna do. Yeah. Um, so I think support 
is a really big one. And then last one is like consideration. Like if we're eating dinner and you get water for yourself, like get water for your partner too. I think it's just like common oh, courtesy. How sweet, like, how sweet. Yeah. So I think just like consideration, support, respect, and being present. Those are just like super important things. Again, like kind of for any relationship, but when it's like someone that's supposed to be your person, I think it's extremely important. How about you, Chaitanya? I hadn't thought about the alignment of values part that Nishant was talking about. I think that is really important too, especially now um, in, in our relationships, because we're starting to be young adults now. And I think the relationships we are trying to form now, partner relationships are something that we might be actually like considering a future with and, and being with this person. Um, and if that's going to work out, you do have to really put in the effort to kind of like align your lives. And if that, if it's, if it's too much effort to do that, then, you know, that might cause some, some stress and, and unhealthy stuff. But, um, yeah, for me personally, I think, uh, one big thing, um, which is probably a general thing too, is honesty. Um, and this is uh, similar to what uh, Shivani and Nishant were saying. This is, um, it sounds like a given, but it's the hardest thing to do sometimes when things are uncomfortable and um, when, when it actually matters, right? I mean, it, it matters all the time for the little things, but it matters the most, I'd say, when there's some sense of conflict, your partner has done something that made you uncomfortable, or, or you made your partner uncomfortable, um, which is bound to happen at some point in a committed relationship. But actually bringing that up, and and kind of like the fear of, of spoiling this, this kind of ideal relationship trope that we've built up in our heads um, is it, scary to do. Um, but it's also um, crucial if you want to face challenges together and grow together. And, and that kind of brings me to my next quality, which I find very important, which is patience. Um, having a patient partner is something that I definitely need. Um, and I think it's what a lot of people need. It's, it's comforting to know that uh, your partner is not going to vilify you for a small mistake you made. Maybe they'll hold you accountable, which is good. Um, but but they're they're on your side. It's it's not you versus them. Um, I've heard this a lot uh, recently. It's um, it's both of you versus the problem, right? Not you versus them. So yeah, and in terms of patience, it's just that. Um, in a partner relationship, you're both people, you're not perfect, things will happen on both sides, and you have to kind of slow down and talk through it together. And, and you also have to be able to realize that you're both people growing, and, and these, these growths might kind of um, diverge and come back together, they might take little winding routes that that wasn't that clear at the start of the relationship but um 
these are things that we can put in effort to work through together. So um, yeah, patience is important to me. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you are so right. And yeah. sometimes, and also what just you just said that we we are human being. We can make mistake, but it's important to acknowledge that mistake and to let our partners know that yes, I'm sorry, and I will uh, change my behavior that is yeah. bothering you. So I, yes, wonderful ideas. And uh, uh, what about you, Pavana? Um, all qualities that have been said so far is are amazing. I completely agree with all of them. I think I have a couple more that I haven't heard mentioned. Uh, one specifically is empathy. Um, I guess that's just another way of wording what was already mentioned, um, under having compassion and remembering people's individualities. And like Chai was saying, um, remembering that sometimes you make mistakes. Um, that can also go in a positive direction. Sometimes people do great things things and it's great, um, like Shivani is saying, to support um, and validate your partner. Um, another one, which I don't know if I heard mentioned, was just having fun with your partner. Um, there's a reason why you're together. You want to be together. You have chosen each other. Um, and I think that's a really important thing that, especially in topics like these, when we're talking about relationships and healthy relationships, it's convenient to forget that. Um, so yeah. Just have fun with your partner and enjoy the time that you do spend together. So what I have heard from all of you, if I am, uh, you know, if you are asking me to summarize in two lines, um, I would say that um, in partner relationship, whatever you do, your relationship, relationship should contribute to a sense of fulfillment, happiness and connection. And if you tend to feel more anxious, distressed, or unhappy around your partner, then your relationship may be struggling. Um, maybe you have some red flags in your relationship, right? I, I would agree with that. Um, I think that there's definitely periods of time where um, it can be uncomfortable in any relationship, but you shouldn't, I don't think, you should feel anxious around your partner, um, mm -hmm. period. I think that in a, if, if that's happening, then I think it's heading in a wrong direction. I think even when problems are happening, conflicts are arising, there should be a safe space set up between you and your partner to where you can you can sit and maybe it's a bit uncomfortable, but you're not scared. You're not like, you're yeah. not like, they don't frighten you. They're, they're, they're still comforting in a way, even if it's, even if it's uncomfortable in that, in that moment. Um, so I think that's an important thing to bring up. And this is like, I think the patience and honesty I was talking about goes hand in hand because you have to talk about these hard things and be honest but you have to do it in a patient kind empathetic way you can't yell at your partner all the time and expect them to like be okay with that so yeah. exactly you know we all have ideas about how how our relationship should or will proceed and some of these ideas we we have nurtured since childhood by seeing couples in our families or relatives um, or sometimes it's a, a, we formed it through media exposure, et cetera. 
Um, but many times we don't even contemplating the fact that whether it is a right behavior or wrong behavior. Um, I, I will tell you a story. One of my friends used to compare his wife um, with his mom all the time. Like um, it's not he's an abusive person or bad person, but he always used to make fun of his wife. And like uh, my mom is such a good cook. Our house in India is a tip top condition, always tip top condition, so clean. Um, in here, in this country, I'm, you know, I'm literally scared to invite my guest as my wife doesn't cook with care. Uh, my house is a mess all the time. And my wife is giving more attention to her career than making our house to a home. And surprisingly, I haven't seen her wife, uh, you know, protest. Uh, uh, on the contrary, she used to say, yes, yes, I, I should have been more careful in making the house tidy or I will learn some dishes from internet, something like that. Um, as if like she used to feel ashamed um, that she's not doing her duty. So one day I told my friend that, hey, your mom was a homemaker. Yes, it is a most notable, noble unpaid job, but she loved being a homemaker, but you married to your colleague. And she is as busy as you are outside. Uh, so when you are outside, you guys are outside, you are equal. But the moment you come home, you uh, the, your expectations uh, change. Um, so, uh, and you enjoy just like making fun of your wife without even noticing that whether it is right or wrong. Um, so in the follow-up conversation, we had, then we had, you know, we discussed a lot about this thing about this issue and uh, in that conversation, I found out that patriarchal cultural conditioning is so deep that they, that we actually normalize wrong behavior. Like the husband thought it is wife's duty, why she's not making uh, good food or whatever, the house, clean house. And the wife thought it is so cultural conditioning that she starts believing that she's not doing her duty. So in my generation, by the way, I'm your parents' generation. I'm from your parents' generation. So in my generation, many times I have seen that socially constructed gender roles impact on, on partner relationships. Um, so what is happening in your generation? Do you feel uh, what men and women want in an intimate relationship is prescribed by socially constructed gender role expectations? And do these expectations impact uh, partner relationship uh, negative way in, in your generation or create conflict? What do you think? I think that we're all in college and like kind of all of our friends are still in college. We're all not at home, like living in the like in apartments and dorms with our friends. So right now, in terms of like, let's say like long term marriage type of like mm -hmm. family dynamic. Um, we personally may not have experienced like a huge um, prominence of gender roles, but I do think there are some things that maybe women want more in a relationship compared to like what men may want in a relationship. I think a lot of women just want to be like noticed, like heard, asked about, maybe have like emotionally intelligent conversations, maybe literally just kind of just like sit with sit with someone, spend time with them like in silence even just like just to be comforted um I think men also want the same thing I think it's like goes both ways you want to feel comfortable you want to feel safe you want to have that person a home away from home um but I also think like 
they also want to go out with their friends and like that's also part of our age you know and like like generally like want to have a good time but like I said I think we're also just our generation is just younger right now so like in terms of gender roles in a more like um long-term age relationship dynamic is just not prominent at least to me. Uh, you know uh Shivani but still in I I don't know I mean I, I'm not from your generation so I'm just trying to find out in any ways in a subtle ways probably do you see somewhere that the expectation is different from men and women uh in a partner relationship maybe very subtle way but is there any uh, different expectations? I don't know. I'm just asking. Because in my generation, I have seen a lot of, um, you know, differentiation. But in your generation, I'm just trying to find out. If it is not, then I'll be really happy. But just what, what do you think? I'm, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's a lot of actually, like, subtle kind of not to the eye. Maybe, like, within a relationship, it's more noticeable. But I think to the outside eye looking in in a college setting, I don't think I necessarily see that much, which is a great thing, like you said. Yeah, I can just hop in really quick and say um, I, I kind of started thinking about this because of what Giovanni said about uh, like going out and having a good time. What I do see sometimes um, is like maybe like this patriarchal um, structure kind of imposes itself and, and and the result I think sometimes in college settings is is that um, maybe like boyfriends are kind of like uh, controlling when it comes to like their girlfriends going out and having fun while while they are fine to like go out and and do whatever um, and have fun and like you know going out with the boys is like totally fine and and normal and of course I should be able to do that but then um you know they they get kind of uncomfortable and when their girlfriends go out with goes out with her friends and then it's like oh why are you you know having fun without me like what's going on uh so I guess that is a little double standard and I and I do think its roots are are in these like gender roles that that the that the the male should kind of have the final say or something which is kind of sad it's sad to see that happening i i, I don't see it too much which is good maybe but i decreasing I, maybe decreasing a lot uh, yeah generation and, your generation yeah and definitely in the relationships i see that are like close to me in my life i i do actually see a good balance of of um I guess power and, and say and I mean I just see mutual respect on both sides um in, in that sense I think our generation will have a kind of interesting thing where um in a lot of in a lot of the relationships both partners will be in in the like career space working um doing all of that so so it will be kind of interesting to see how we can navigate that and, and build you know a home together and, and work through all these things um, because I think the home responsibilities will be like divided up um, between both partners so just to add on especially when we're thinking about I completely agree with what both Chai and Shivani are saying is um, currently 
in the place where our generation is right now in high school or college or early adulthood, um, it's not that prevalent to see these traditional expectations of what gender roles should be. Um, I think another layer that our generation uh, maybe deals with more publicly or externally than um, say our parents' generations or grandparents' generations is when we're talking about queer relationships, same-sex relationships. Uh, for example, I identify as queer. Any relationships that I will enter are probably not gonna be with someone who identifies as a man. So that throws a whole wrench into thinking about these gender role expectations, especially as we think about growing older, building lives together. Um, so for example, when I grow older, my partner will probably be raised as a woman, um, identify as a woman. And seeing that and the way the gender roles between two women or two men interact with each other in a romantic relationship partner setting um, is very different than our parents' generations and the traditional example of gender roles that you have given. Um, I think there is a way that queer relationships can also be affected by these traditional gender roles. For example, um, especially when you're talking about outside of the relationship looking in, like what Shivani was talking about earlier, um, there is a lot of insensitive comments. Um, there are a lot of invalidation of queer relationships and queer families that these um, same-sex couples build. Um, and that traditionally does come from the patriarchy. That comes from these traditional gender role expectations that we're talking about. And I think that's something that our generation has to deal with on a bigger role or a more public view than previous generations. Exactly. Great that you brought this point. Um, Nishant? Yeah, I... Um, actually, yeah, thanks, Pavana, for bringing that, like, insight, because I feel like when I heard this question, I honestly wasn't, my brain was thinking strictly, like, to male-female relationships, so I think that helped me kind of open my mind, too, to kind of thinking about, like, just, like, the general impacts of, like, societal gender roles on relationships overall, um, just anecdotally, I think, personally to me, like, um, between me and my girlfriend, I think I do my best and I think it's my job too as a male um in this relationship with my girlfriend is like as being as aware as I can of like what are traditional societal norms and how can we make sure we avoid the ones that will like negatively impact our relationship and um, while also I think exist as like firmly as it did in the past in like my parents generation um where you know, there were a lot more like you know from India the when they grew up in India there are a lot more traditional gender roles where um, and this is just for the sake of example, like, yeah, maybe the woman was expected to, you know, more take care of the family, take care of the home, the kitchen, um, whereas the male was more expected to um, maybe be the breadwinner in the family and um, go to work. Um, I definitely think, like, I think Chai touched on this, like, I don't really feel, I think our our generation is doing a really good job of moving away from that. Um, this kind of touched on, like, what I touched on earlier, too, like, having similar priorities, I think that's important and like supporting each other and your aspirations um so I think that's something that our generation is doing a good job of moving away from I do think though there are some gender roles which aren't necessarily a bad thing what I mean by that is when it comes to like males like the idea of being a gentleman um and whether that be like especially like something that you see for a lot of people our age or like you know like if you're gonna be a guy like do things like open the door for the girl or be respectful or um maybe pay on the first date, which I don't think these things are necessarily, I do think they are stem from the patriarchy and it's important to be aware of that. 
But I do think there's some good things that you can take out of it, which is, and I do, I think is my role is, you know, to my girlfriend and being a boyfriend is how can I treat her with as much respect that she deserves um, while also making sure that, you know, we keep it equal and keep a balance of, you know, not playing into like these traditional um, detrimental, truly um, gender roles, but also um, recognizing where I can do my job um, in supporting her. And maybe does that stem from a gender role? It could, um, but making sure that it's in the light of, you know, supporting myself as well and her. Um, so yeah, I do think gender roles do exist, um, but I don't think they're also nearly as extreme as they were um, for generations before us. And I think our generation is doing a good job of being progressive and looking forward in terms of how um, maybe then the female is going to be the breadwinner of the family. And it maybe doesn't matter who's the breadwinner of the family. Why does it matter about the gender, things like that? So um, yeah, I think um, it exists and it's real, but I also think there's a lot more awareness nowadays too um, on how to avoid the- A lot of awareness is, uh, yeah, that is true. But what I sometimes, uh, you know, notice that patriarchal gender roles blur the uh, the line between uh, between uh, what it's supposed to be and what is what we uh, expect. For example, uh, masculinity and toxic masculinity. Like I believe masculinity itself is not inherently bad or toxic, but when patriarchal society gives a different meaning to masculinity, then it creates problem. Like. Um, like when it prescribes that if you want to be a man, then you need to portray yourself as uh, tough, uh, aggressive, emotionless, superior, heterosexual. Um, and then this kind of toxic masculinity can interfere with a healthy relationship. Uh, don't you think so? Um, that, uh, you know, if masculinity uh, uh, becomes toxic masculinity, what sometimes the dis distinction is blurred. Uh, can can um, interfere with healthy relationship? What do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, this is a huge thing. Um, masculinity can be something that you know a man takes and and makes his own, and it can be something that um, helps someone feel good about themselves. For example, I guess like if you have a really good workout, maybe you like. Or like yeah I'm such a like strong man you know you might feel like good about yourself but like the problem is uh, these things start to become harmful to to others um and when when this idea of masculinity is 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 merged with all of the patriarchy the social um roles that we talked about earlier um and I think one big thing about this, which is kind of maybe I don't hear as much, is is that like th this is really bad for the man too. Um, like this this mindset when you put yourself in this like emotionless box and you don't allow yourself to actually do like basic things like cry and um be honest with yourself and and sit with your emotions and then one it it negatively impacts your partner because um that person is emotionally tied to you very closely and and if you're not processing your emotions then that is going to harm them yeah, but not showing your true authenticity to your partner right 
Yeah, exactly. And and second, it just it it harms you as a person. And it makes you unhappy. And if 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 you are unhappy, then how can you make your partner happy? Exactly. And and this is like one big example I can think of this. Think one big example that comes to mind is how we have this idea that men should not go to therapy, right? Um, as a man growing up here, um, it was weird if if I went to therapy, it, it, and and like none of my friends did, so I was like, okay, something must be wrong with me, right? And um, and now, now uh, I'm seeing a lot more stuff on the internet that's you know, it's okay to go to therapy, especially in the South Asian, um, from the South Asian perspective, right? That's another, a, an added le level of stigma is that South Asian children shouldn't go to therapy. But especially as a South Asian man, I think it's, it, it, it was viewed as a very like red flag. Okay, this guy does not have his stuff together. He's not going to be successful. You know, he's not. What yeah, society extra layers of burdens exactly so yeah this is yeah i think it's harmful and, and that's kind of my perspective everyone has a lot to gain from from actually understanding their emotions and and talking to people and being vulnerable right so so anyone else uh, wants to because we are almost time yeah i can go i actually i'm taking a gender and globalization class right now and last week we analyzed the study in Nepal, which is like a very traditional country. A lot of gender norms that you were talking about are very prevalent there. So what economists and social um, injustice workers did is they analyzed in Nepal, like over a period of time, as women became more educated and gained more jobs, more employment, and like actually gained an income of their own, they hypothesized that like a woman's fallback position would be better. They'd have more bargaining power in the house if they needed to get divorced, which also isn't very common in countries like Nepal. They would be able to because they would have more income of their own. They would have support. They would have a voice, right? What they actually found is um, it supported the male backlash model. So as these women were getting more educated, gained their income, were getting more employed, sexual, domestic, emotional, and physical violence went up by a really large percentage. And I think it's just like, it's that difference you were talking about between masculinity and toxic masculinity is because when they asked these men, these men were like, hey, like, I don't want my woman to even go to the store. Like, I need to do that for her, you know? And like, sure, it's nice to want to do that for your partner. But at what point is it like, are you controlling her? And it's like, if she earns an income of your own, of her own, are you being insecure and projecting onto her? So I think, I think it's really important, like, to take that into consideration and yeah, it's interesting because it really fit into this topic yeah. of toxic masculinity, but yeah. yeah. Wow, that is super interesting. Thanks for sharing, Shivani. Yeah, thank you. I love this discussion and I wish I could continue uh, for another day probably, but today I need to pause here. And But before we leave, I would like to ask my guests, all of you, that what is the role of youth in preventing unhealthy power dynamics in a relationship? If you can share your tips points a lot of us are first generation um in america um and our parents coming from india they bring a lot of really good things like their culture their traditions um but then they also like the some of those traditions were these traditional type of gender roles um and i think our parents as also they came here they started realizing 
what these gender roles look like and being able to kind of take a step back and realize um, how one, how some of those would maybe were toxic. Um, so as we're growing up here um, with modern times, I think it's kind of our role as youth um, to be aware, kind of look back at our parents' relationship. And I think we all were privileged to grow up in relatively good homes. And in that sense, um, thinking back is like going forward, how can we be the best that we can be in preventing toxic masculinity so for like me and Chai Chaitanya as, as guys um how can we make sure that we're as aware as possible of um maybe where these ideas of toxic masculinity can come from um and how can we also be open to feedback have an open mind um that's really important on on the male side because maybe I'm doing something as a male where I'm not even aware that it's toxic um but then maybe my partner tells me hey um, this was wrong. So then being open to feedback, like, oh, I'm being able to be like, I'm sorry, recognize where you went wrong um, and improve on it going forward. So I think just keeping an open mind as youth, um, being as aware as we can. Um, and then the last thing touching back to what everyone's saying before is being vulnerable. I think that's really big. And I think that's really big on the, the man side too, and preventing toxic masculinity um, and preventing these unhealthy power dynamics is, um, I've talked about this with my parents, honestly. Uh, my parents and I had this conversation a couple months ago and they're saying one thing that they're doing now to really improve their relationship between the two of them is learning how to be more and more vulnerable with one another. And they were telling me and my sister, um, in order to improve all of our relationships with one another, um, it's just a matter of being open, being honest, authentic about our emotions. Um, and I think that also applies in relationships with partners as well. Those are great points. I think definitely being vulnerable with not only your partner, but like Nishantha saying, your bigger family community. Um, that is only going to help strengthen your own relationship, in my opinion. Um, and to add on, education is really important. Um, not only us educating ourselves through all this crazy internet that we have at our fingertips, but also practicing that. Um, we learn so many things through media that we consume. For example, this podcast, um, maybe the other couples that we notice. Um, but it is really important to take those tips and tricks and maybe the what to do and what not to do and actually practice them in our everyday, in our own relationship, in our own lives. Um, and that's something that I think our generation has a bigger opportunity to practice these because we have more knowledge and more access to this knowledge. I agree with uh, what Pavana and Nishant said. I think um, biggest thing is just keep communicating with your partner and finding out what their needs are, how to meet them best, how how they can, how you can help them meet your needs better. And yeah, I think it, it's super important to stay aware about um, about how gender roles are affecting did affect relationships in the past and still do today um and the lucky thing for us i guess is there's a ton of discourse on this at any given moment on um, and it's very visible on a lot of our social media platforms like even tiktok every day or so i'll see a video in my for you page that kind of changes my perspective on something one other thing i'll say is that uh, love comes in a lot of forms. Um, it can be romantic love with your partners, but there's also a lot of love to be had outside of that with your friends and, and family. And, and all of these loves are, are things that we have to um, practice healthy um, habits with. And in fact, it's a kind of uh, 
synergy type thing. I think if you if you have great uh, love, loving relationships with your friends um, and you put energy into those relationships, um, that will also like help you in your partner relationships and your family relationships. So um, yeah, all of these things are, we, we can keep on loving is what I'm gonna say. Yeah, just don't stop loving. <laughs> I think as youth nowadays, it's up to us to break generational cycles. And like what we're doing today here right now is also super important. Every conversation, anything you can learn from anybody, I've learned so much from all of you today, is something to be internalized and taken into account into breaking these gender norms and knowing like, hey, like this is not the future and this is the future that I see for our whole entire generation and each individual relationship within it. Absolutely, you are absolutely right. Um, but I'm also positive that uh, I'm sure, actually, that with uh, multiple community dialogues, uh, this kind of discussion, collective actions, we will be one day, I'm sure one day we will be able to create a culture of um, healthy partner relationship. And thank you, Chaitanya, Pavana, Shivani, and Nishan for this wonderful discussion. Uh, those who are listening to our show today, please remember that a shared love of hobbies or food or career, etc., might have helped you meet your partner. But these factors have little to do with keeping your relationship healthy uh, over time. At the end of the day, partners should trust each other and feel safe together. Partners should have consent and respect in their relationships. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Nandini Ray, ending this episode with a hope that together we will create a culture of healthy partner relationship where all partners will feel safe, respected, heard, and seen. There will be no power imbalance in partner relationships, and there will be zero tolerance for partner balance and abuse. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Stay safe and happy. Keep listening to the Matri podcast between trains conversations with Matri. Find all our episodes on SoundCloud and other podcast apps. Please like, share, and comment. Thank you. This show is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney for legal advice. Views expressed by guests of the radio show are individual opinions and not endorsed by Matri. This project was made possible by funding provided by Santa Clara County Office of Gender-Based Violence Prevention.